good morning, church. Happy New Year. Come on. 2022 is here. Oh, my. Just made me feel a little bit older just by saying that out loud. And it's great to be back here with all of you this morning. And good morning to all of you who are joining us online. Uh, welcome. The fact that you're all here today celebrating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pursuing this relationship with God through him. It's an awesome, awesome Sunday. Sunday, I say all the time, is my fun day because uh, we can come together and worship our awesome God. Hey, if you are new with us today, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you're hanging out with us today. We hope that when you came in, you're made to feel welcome, that you want, made to feel wanted, and that you'd be willing to come back and hang with us as we, as a church, pursue this relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, we hope that uh, through worship and through word, you realize how much God truly loves you. Before we jump into this morning's conversation, I want to—I always share where we're going next. I want to share that's coming up next is that next week we kick off this new series called Semper Fi. Semper Fi, always faithful. And in this series, what we're going to be doing, we're stepping into the communities in our life, the relationships in our life. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but you and I, we, we're created to live in community. Not the pseudo communities that the world is telling us that you find in social media, like how many thousands or millions of followers you have, or how many people watch your videos. I'm talking about true communities where we do life together with one another as his creation, as his church. There's a reason why one of our core values are out on the wall. I don't know if you see it when you come in on Sunday mornings, or maybe you can look at it when you leave today. It says you can't do life alone because that's how we are created, to live in community with other people. And I hope that you'll come back and be a part of this two-week two series and come in and see, hear what God has for you when you do live and how when you live in that community with how he's created you to live in, it will radically change your life. It will impact when we learn and live it out, impact what we do, impact how we be, or what we're doing in the future, and it will impact our lives as a whole when we truly live in the community that he created us to live in. So that's next week. Hope you come back and join us for that. This morning we're wrapping up our, our New You Resolution series. A New You Resolution. As Pastor Bart shared last week, a couple days ago we hit, was it a couple days ago? Yeah, New Year, it was yesterday. I'm trying to figure what day it was. Uh, we, millions upon millions of people across the world were making these New Year resolutions. You know, this is what I want to do in the New Year. This is what I want to do in 2022. You know, because people around the world, maybe you're in this room this morning, you think a new year, a new me. A new year, a new me. I mean, I'm going to make these changes in my life. I want, I want to be someone, I want to be, do something different in my life. So you think about this, and this is what you walk into, like, man, this is an opportunity to reset some things I got wrong this past year in 2021. So 2022 is a new year, a new me. And so we, we put these things together like, okay, I want to lose 25 pounds this year. I want to lose 25 pounds this year. That's what I want to do. I want to spend less time at work and more time at home with my family. I want to read more books and get off of social media. I want to run my first 5K. I want to run my first ever marathon. So we have all these things, a list of things we want to do, and all these things are great things except for running 5K or marathon. <laughs> I cannot publicly put that out there. I know I just lost some friends this morning. It's okay. Um, these are all great things for us to do. 
But as we enter into this new year, I want to challenge us as a church, not just think about what we want to do. Make a list of all these things we want to do. I want to challenge us as a church to think about who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? Instead of making a to-do list, I want us to make a to-be list. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this year in 2022? Who do I want to be five years from now? See, we all have things we want to do. I have a list of things I want to do this year. I have a list of things I want to do, you know, before my time on earth is done and I go spend eternity with Jesus. There's things I want to do and accomplish. And I believe God has good works for us, for all of us to do. A plan for life, a purpose for life. But as I read through this book and I study the scripture, I become more and more convinced that what we do fails in comparison to who we become. I think Andy Stanley says it best. You can see it on the screen. And he says it best. He says, it is a mistake to determine what you're going to do before you decide who you're going to be. It is a mistake to determine what you're going to do until you decide or before you decide who you're going to be. And I love this statement because it's very, very clear that tells us that this way is that it is understanding that who we are in life will always find its way into what we do in life. Who we are will always find its way into what we do in life. This is so true. So before we determine what we want to do, we have to determine who we are going to be. Because who we are will always shape what we do. Our character will always shape our course. Think through this with me. Let's walk through this idea so I can bring you back up to speed what I'm thinking in my mind. If your resolution is to lose weight, right? I want to lose weight this year. That's, by the way, the top three of any list of resolutions that I researched. Well, then you're going to decide what you're going to do is you want to eat better, right? And then you're going to decide, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to exercise So I'm going to do these things. I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise. But before any of this takes place, you have to decide who you are going to be. Because to reach this resolution of losing weight, you have to be a person who is disciplined. You have to be a person who is committed to the goal. You have to be a person who is full of self-control. See, it starts with who we are. Not what we want to do but who we are being. And that is our character. Character traits, who we are going to be. Let's look at our relationships. This year you want to build good relationships. Across the board, I want to build good relationships. That's what we want to do. Before we can do anything, we need to commit who we're going to be in those relationships, don't we? Who am I going to be in those relationships? Am I going to be a man or woman who will be disciplined at work? Why? So I can go spend time with my family, more time with the family. Is, am I going to be a person who's going to be, be honest? Am I going to be a person who's going to be full of honesty? And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. So why? So that people, my friends and family will trust what I'm saying. I need to be a person who is honest. I'm going to be a man and woman of purity in all of my relationships. 
so that my spouse or the boyfriend or the girlfriend or my future spouse or my future boyfriend or girlfriend, that that relationship will honor God. I have to choose to be that person, not choose to be, not to do what the world says is right, but live more like Jesus. I will be. We have to choose who we're going to be before we do anything this year. Because it's going to shape the course of anything we do by who we are, our character. That's a new you resolution. Not a new year resolution, a new you resolution. And I need to share with you, friends, this is not going to be easy. In fact, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think being a new you resolution is much harder than doing any resolution that you may have on your list right now. If you've put them together, or this is what you want to do this year. Being a man or a woman of good character, living things as above, as Bart shared last week, not in earthly things, it takes so much more effort on our part. It takes time for us. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes intentionality of what we're going to do and how we're going to do those things in life. It takes sometimes redoing some things in life. Because you set out and you, you're going to do something and the result wasn't what you wanted. You got to the end of it like, well, that wasn't what I was looking for. So you go back. Okay, I'm going to do this differently. But in order to do this differently, I've got to be different. I believe these are all results these are all results. How about integrity? Be the person of integrity because they, people openly lied. See, when it comes to this idea of our character, we can, we can see the end results. We can see the end results of what took place. We don't understand what happened in the middle, but we understand at the end what we're seeing when we look at someone. Our poor character or the poor character of other people, we just see the end results. We can identify we can see it in others. We can see it in our life when we look in our own, in the mirror. See, when a person's not a person of integrity, because they openly lied, that was a result. Someone is in an adulterous relationship because they slept with someone who's not their spouse, that's an end result. People are selfish because they make decisions solely for themselves, that's an end result. All these are end results. End results. But I don't believe we start there. I don't believe it starts there. I don't believe that someone wakes up one morning and says, you know what, I'm going to lie to everyone starting from this day forward. <laughs> I don't think that happens. I don't think someone wakes up and says, you know what, today I'm going to go find someone who's not my spouse and I'm going to sleep with them. It doesn't happen. I don't think when someone wakes up when their feet hit the ground and says, you know what, I'm going to be a grumpy, unkind, uncaring person. Well, maybe until you have coffee, right? But I don't believe it starts there. I believe our character, who we are, is eroded one slice at a time. It's over a period of time that it goes away until it becomes blatantly obvious of who we are and, what we, and who we have become. See, when character is eroded, we end up to a place of being a person we really didn't want to be. Think about this this way. If we're going to be morally compromised in life and go somewhere and do something we're going to regret for a season or for a lifetime or end up being someone we didn't want to be, how would that even begin? How would that even begin? How would, it, how would we end up being someone we never wanted to be? Well, maybe it's like that kid's joke that, that everybody tells, and I never get it right, so just have to bear with this. How do you eat an elephant? 
one bite at a time. And that is the same thing with a character. It erodes one slice at a time. So this new you resolution, who do you want to be this year? I want to use the remainder time this morning to share a story in scripture with you. With a guy went down the slippery slope of his character erosion to take place. So we can learn together how to defend from it. To be the me that we want to be so we can do what we want to get done. That's a new you resolution. And that's what I want to challenge you, us, as a church this year. Not just to do, but who do we want to be? Open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Samuel. We're going to jump into this. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Bible, Bible apps, whatever you have this morning. 2 Samuel chapter 11. We'll be starting at verse 1. This is a very popular passage of people know if you've been in church for a while. It's the story of David and Bathsheba. David was a king over God's people. Bathsheba was an adulterous woman that he connected with. We're going to walk through that in a little bit. David was a king, and he became morally compromised, and it actually cost him more than he wanted to give up. 2 Samuel chapter 11, we're starting at verse 1. Look at this. It says, In the springtime, at the time when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rebbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Let's just stop right there. It wasn't normal for kings in this culture to stay back from the, from the battle. That's why it says in the time of year where the kings go off to war, they would normally go out with their army. They'd go out there and be a part of this victory road as they're going, as they're going into battle. But David decided to stay back. And in fact, this isn't the first time he decided to stay back from going into battle as king. Either way you want to look at it, this was his first step into eroding his character. Continue to read on in verse 2. It says, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around to the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent some, someone to find out about her. And the man said, She is Bathsheba, daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness and then she went back home. Let's just stop right here. David, who probably should have been with his men at war, was up walking around his palace rooftop. And while he was walking around his palace rooftop, he looked down to another building and saw this beautiful woman bathing. And most likely she was naked. And at that point, David had a choice to make. He looks down, he's looking at someone he shouldn't be looking at. He's thinking things he shouldn't be thinking. He, he had a choice to make. Do I turn away? Do I avert my eyes from the situation to be the godly man that I'm supposed to be? Or do I continue down the path that compromises who I am because of what I want to do? Well, David, as we just read, chose to erode his character. Now we can learn from this. We can step back and see what he was doing and what he did wrong. If our character defines our course in life, then maybe we start by living privately the way we want to be known publicly. Living privately, how we want to be known publicly. David was privately on his, on his rooftop and he made a decision to go a different direction. 
and that became very, very public. As Bart shared last week, today's details are tomorrow's legacy. Our details start in our private life that carry into the legacy of our public life. This is who we are, our character, who we are being at that moment privately feeds into what we're going to do and what other people will see. David chose poorly. He chose to live privately in a way that would cost him at the end. Because what he did became very, very public. Could you imagine? Could you imagine everything that we do privately is known publicly? Could you imagine if that would just happen? Everything that we do in our private or our home or time or by yourself is known publicly. We have this idea that what we do in secret, no one needs to know about. No one needs to know about my addiction. No one needs to know about my habit. No one needs to know how I treat him or her when no one else is around. No one needs to know that I skim off the top. No one needs to know what I'm saying behind closed door. No one needs to know when I'm sending text messages about other people. No one needs to know what I'm talking about. No one needs to know. What if it was all public? Put out there. Again, who we are on the inside will always find its way into the outside. How we live. How we live when no one else can see us makes its way out to the world and will directly impact what we want to do. So here's a little simple example of what that looks like. Who here has sent a text message to the wrong person? Come on. That's it? About 50% of you? Okay, I got to see little hands like that. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I'm not going to admit that publicly, but here I am right here. Yeah, you sent a text message to the wrong person. So you're sending a text message out. You said, listen, do you send it to your spouse and say, man, I can't wait to see you tonight. Hashtag date night, right? You're all excited. Date night. And then you realize you sent it to your boss. Well, that's not such a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing. But what you want to keep private came out publicly. And now they know that you have a loving relationship with your spouse. What happens when you send a message to a friend saying that my husband is lazy and a loser? And then you find out you send it out to your husband. Oh, snap. Oh, it gets worse. Then you really find out that you sent it to his mother. (laughs) Unfriend you. (laughs) Both situations are silly. But both situations, what you meant to keep private became public because who we are in the inside is made known. That's what David did. And in fact, David's story gets worse. Bathsheba become, ends up pregnant. He finds out she is, she is conceived and going to have a child. And so David says, you know what? I'm going to man up. I'm going to own this, man. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Once he found out she was pregnant, he put a plan together to make it look like it was not his child. In fact, it was her husband's 
child. Instead of walking down that slippery slope, he did, that dude decided to run down that slippery slope because he's, this is where he's going. David tries to cover this whole infidelity up by calling Uriah, her husband, back from the battle lines so he could sleep with his wife and think, oh, it's there, shoot, that's your kid. He had this whole plan, but it failed once again because Uriah did not go home to his wife. He ended up sleeping on the mats at the entrance of the palace because he had more respect more character than David did at that moment. Look at this in, in verse 11. It says, Uriah, Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel and Judah is staying in tents and my commander Joab and the Lord's men are camped in the open. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and make love to my wife? Surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. He had more character than the king over God's people. So you think David would, would figure that out at that point, that he would, okay, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going in the wrong direction. Who I am is not who I'm supposed to be. But it gets even worse. He said, David, he said to Uriah, why don't you spend one more night with me? And then he had his plan. He's like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him drunk. And surely when he's drunk, he's going to go home and want to be with his wife. Well, that failed too. The next day, he found him again on the mat, sleeping outside with his servants. He wouldn't go home. You can see where this is going. Compromise after compromise of character, one leading to another, continually rolling down the hill of moral bankruptcy. And it doesn't stop there. I feel like this is kind of the story of like, okay, and there's more. And one more thing. It keeps on going. David writes a letter to the captain of his guard, sending Uriah back to battle. He says, okay, you're going to battle and take this letter and give it to Joab. Instead of putting him in a place of safety, he, put, he says, put Uriah in front of the battle where he would surely die. Look at this in verse 15. Put Uriah in front of the fighting is fiercest. What? Put him out there. Then withdraw from him so he'd be struck down and die. Now he's not running. He's just rolling freely down the hill of a slope. Who he is is eroding and at a fast, fast pace. Character, a compromise of our character, friends, starts with one decision that we make that we believe has little to no significance in what we want to do in life or what we want to have or who we want to be. One decision that we make, that we believe has no significance in what we want to do or who we want to be. And then there's another one. And then comes another one. And another one. And so the wheels fall off and we're wondering what in the world happened. How did I get here? And we don't do what we wanted to do because we weren't who we needed to be to get it done. Now this story of David is all about moral failure. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But it's principles echo into our lives in many, many ways. How many times have we made resolutions and get to the end of that next year and we didn't lose 25 pounds, we gained 10? 
I have a plan to get out of debt this year. I accumulated more. I want to build into my relationships. And we end up alone. Why? Because in every situation we walk through, we have to figure out who we're going to be before we do anything. That's what's happening here. And David just, this is moral bankruptcy, shows us what it looks like. The first time we fudge on the numbers to get the tax on our taxes to get a better return that we were thinking we're going to get. The first time we look at someone's test because we didn't study. The first time we lie on our hours to get more pay. The first time that we look at that cute guy and the cute girl and it's not our spouse or we, we look at them and think something we shouldn't. The first time that we flirt with them. The first time we decide to stay at work, we know we should be home with our spouse because they need us. The first time the dog ate your homework. Who hasn't heard that one before? The first time will lead to the next and will lead to the next and the next. Friends, when it comes to our character, who we are going to be, a thousand little compromises will leave you compromised. A thousand little compromises will leave you compromised. And if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, man, like, come on, Rich, I was looking for something exciting and encouraging this morning. I mean, I, I think through this is maybe this is a little bit of me. Or maybe you're sitting here thinking morning this morning, maybe this is a, a whole lot of me in my life. I want to tell you that's okay. Because the Bible is filled with people who have compromised their character and found their way back. Case in point, Peter. Dude is classic for putting his foot in his mouth. We just need to fight for it. We didn't need to be intentional in our life to get back to it. Start being by breaking the silence. That's our first step back. Rebuilding our character. We need to break the silence. Breaking the silence is simply being honest with yourself of where you truly are. Don't lie to yourself and think you're actually here when you're over here. Like, I'm, I'm a really disciplined person. Are you really? You're disciplined in public because people see you eat salads, but at home, you got three bags of chips down, baby. Right? You act a certain way at your job, but you go home and act a different way with your entire family and your friends and what you do on the weekends. You have to be honest where you are at. Break the silence. Have a conversation with yourself and with God. I told you it was going to be tough. I told you it wasn't going to be easy. Because reshaping our character is never easy. Building guardrails in life that stop us from going off the cliff takes effort. Our best year, one year that feeds into the years to come, the new you resolution starts somewhere. And it starts with us being honest by breaking the silence. 
And I want you to be honest with yourself. And if you truly want to take those steps forward, you want to be this person to get this done in your life, then you need to talk to somebody else. Break the silence. Don't just keep it yourself because you can talk to yourself in the mirror all day and you can talk yourself in a circle all day and get nothing accomplished. I've done it. You need to have a conversation with someone else. Talk to a close friend. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a counselor. Whatever it needs to be. But break the silence before the silence breaks you. Because if you say nothing, you will do nothing. Have someone in your life that will be honest with you. And you can be honest with them. You know, after this whole thing with David and Bathsheba went down, David had a friend who was willing to be brutally honest with him, and his name was Nathan. Once Nathan understood what had taken place, taken place with him, he came to David and he told him this story. He told him a story of a rich man and a poor man and how corrupt the behavior the rich man was and basically degrading the life of the poor guy and taking what was his, the only little lamb that he had. You should read this as in, in chapter 11 near the end. And you have to see how David responds when he hears this story. Look at it, look it says in chapter 12, verse 5. It says, David burned with anger against the man. So he heard this story, fictitious story, that he thought was real of the injustice, how someone was being in their character, what they're doing to someone else. And he was burning with anger with the man. He says, as surely the Lord lives, this man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. So this guy who is moral bankrupt is also just stepping up thinking, hey, I'm all this in a bag of chips, I'm calling out those other people. And David had a backwards. And then he had a friend named Nathan who told him straight, you are the man. No, no, and not like, you're the man. You're the man. Not like that. You are the man that you're saying that should die. You are the man who lived very corrupt and had no pity. You are that man. God gave you everything to lead his people and you turn your back on him to have it your own way. Do you have someone like that in your life? Do you have someone in your life that you can say, they can say to you, you were wrong. You don't want to do that. You shared what your goal was with me, what you want to do this year, and this is who you need to be, and doing that is not being that person. Do you have that person in your life? Do you have people in your life who are encouraging you, right? We always think about this, this is a negative story. What about the good things we want to get accomplished so we can be good people, to be the good person, do the good things in life so we have a better life? I mean, all that stuff is good and bad. It'll go together. Do you have someone in your life? Do you have a group of people who are encouraging you to move forward, to be more disciplined, more focused? Don't quit when it gets tough. Helping you, reminding you for the fight for the things that you want to get done by simply being who you need to be to get them done. Do you have that person in your life? Do you have those people in your life? 
Kind of find those things in small groups, by the way, church. Having people of doing life together. We're gonna get into that next week. So let's leave you with two questions. Two questions that only you can answer. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And what are you willing to change to be that person? Two questions. You can answer. I can't answer them for you. You have to figure it out. Who do you want to be? And what are you willing to change to be that person? Because what you do this year is birthed out of that person who you're going to be. And just be honest, guys, we're not going to always get it right. We're not going to always get it right. There'll be times when we compromise, the compromise slides into our lives, but it doesn't mean that we can't turn things around when we see it. It doesn't mean that no matter where we are right now, we can't stop and, and do, make the needed changes to be that person. David, when he was confronted with this, he said later on in chapter 12, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And go back and later on today and read Psalm 32. It's based out of this situation. No one is too far gone. No one has done too much wrong. No one is too morally bankrupt. No character is too broken because of Jesus. See, with Jesus, there is hope. With Jesus, there is redemption. With Jesus, there is forgiveness. With Jesus, there is freedom. With Jesus, there is a new beginning. With Jesus, there's an opportunity to change everything because Jesus changes everything. So maybe today is today that we put a stake in the ground. And we'll be resolved saying, this is who I'm going to be. Maybe today you say, I'm going to start moving towards the character of Jesus and not like the world. By the way, the new you resolution, the new you, is the new Jesus in you. Jesus living in and through you as his child, giving you everything you need to fight, to follow, and to seek the new you resolution. That is the only way you're going to get done what you want to do is simply determining who are you going to be. Ask me, it's a pretty tall challenge. That every day when we get up or if we hit the ground, we start declaring that who we're going to be in Jesus. I'm going to be a man or woman who honors God with my decisions. I'm going to be a man or woman who decides to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm going to be a man or woman who decides to love my neighbors. I'm going to be a man or woman who decides to love my enemies. I'm going to decide who I'm going to be. I want to see a guarantee. But if you wake up every single morning determined to be like Jesus, your year will be radically different at the end. Right now I'm going to call the prayer team to come forward. I'm going to close in prayer. If there's anything in your life that you're holding on to that you need to release and talk to God or something's in your life that you want to be prayed for, prayed with, I want to encourage you to come up at the end of service. 
We want to pray with you into this new year. We want to pray with you and to be the person that God has called you to be. We want to pray with you because we believe in the power of prayer and what it can do in your life and how it strengthens you and encourage you and lead you into a stronger relationship with Jesus to live the life he's called you to live. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Well, God, if I'm being honest, I thank you for the flawed people in Scripture. It just helps me understand, helps me, uh, well, helps me feel better that I'm not alone. That there's people who have lived and loved you and got things wrong at points in their life. But because of your redemption, because of your forgiveness, because of your desire for us to walk, to be like your son, we can turn things around in our lives. So I pray for 2022. I pray for my 2022. I pray for the church's 2022. That we will not be focused on all the things that we want to do this year. But let those things that we want to do be the fruit of who we become. And may everything that we do or say or become or get done bring you glory honor and praise we love you we worship you in your son's name i pray amen god bless church have a blessed week